This is Let's Break Good, the podcast where good is just not good enough. I'm your host, Joe Goda, and on today's episode, it's all about discovering your professional tribe. There's nothing more frustrating than working a job void of meaning with colleagues that could care less. Finding people to work with that have the same sense of purpose that you do is essential to a high-impact career. How did I find my professional tribe by traveling to Barcelona, Spain, and teaching an online course with the most unlikely of students? What steps can you take right now if you are in need of new partners to break good with? Let's do it. Let's get started. I want to break free. We begin this story in 2012. I'm a few years into my tenure at UNICEF. By this point, I'd led some amazing projects, contributed to a few others, but I was starting to feel a bit isolated. To get my initiatives off the ground, I had started acting like an entrepreneur within the organization. I was using startup skills that I had learned and adapting them to try to work within the UN bureaucracy. The isolation that had started to form had me feeling a bit lonely because while my projects had done well, I hadn't really connected with a lot of my colleagues and I had not yet gotten that big promotion to a manager position that I had really been hoping for. Instead, the perception had formed that I was a disruptor, a troublemaker. Even though the results of my work was clear to everyone, Most people really weren't interested in breaking the rules like I had to get things done. That led me to start to wonder if there were others outside of my workplace who aspired to take on the type of mindset to try new ideas, to be more innovative. Were there people who also wanted to replace those outdated legacy systems and inefficient ways of working? Well, that's when I started getting more and more interested in this idea of an entrepreneur, someone who acted like an entrepreneur to start up impact projects and new ways of working within an existing organization instead of trying to start one up on their own. I went online, started reading all of the information I could find on entrepreneurship, put up Google News alerts, I looked for books, anything out there that I could read and soak up as much information as possible on the topic. Things never really went beyond just that kind of browsing the internet and just looking at things until my position at the United Nations started to slow down in 2013. Around that time, I got into a conversation with a startup online education company called TechChange. They were looking for instructors and they approached me about potentially teaching an online course around the topic of digital mapping. Uh, You can learn more about the digital mapping work I've done in the past by listening to episode five, so you think you can map. But when they approached me and asked me about teaching that course, I kind of felt like I would be an imposter if I'd be saying yes, because I wasn't really an expert in digital mapping. I had led a program at UNICEF that used it, but I didn't really know the technical side of it behind it. So what then could I teach? I decided that maybe this was an opportunity to see if there were others out there in the professional world who would be interested in what I had learned about being an entrepreneur and creating change from within 
a large bureaucratic organization. Little did I know that teaching this course would be something that would put me on my journey to find my professional tribe. So it wasn't an easy decision for Tech Change to let me run that course as it was like a topic that they had never done before. Most of their other courses were, again, digital mapping, mobile phones for international development. And this was a very radically different topic, but they took a chance. So we created a $99 mini course and we marketed it as for those who were trying to innovate from within. Uh, let me tell you, Trying to sell those seats for the course was one of the hardest things I had done. It took so much hustling, calling, emailing, but we did end up selling a few seats and getting some interesting guest experts to be a part of it. One of the students in the course was actually an organizer for an event called the Entrepreneurship Conference. I was surprised to actually learn about this conference, that something on the topic actually existed, and one of the reasons actually I had never heard of it was that it had only been in Europe a few times and it had never come to the United States. The student who was in the course that we had run was really excited about what I had presented, about my experience at UNICEF, and they made me an offer. Do you want to come to the 2013 version of the conference in Barcelona, Spain and give a talk? And who was I to say no to that? Uh, but... It was a little bittersweet because as soon as I got that invitation, things started getting real for me. I mentioned that around that time, my UNICEF work was slowing down. Soon I got an official end date to my contract and speaking at that conference would be my, my final gig with UNICEF. So it was a little bit scary, but as they say, when one door closes, another opens. That conference, would actually end up introducing me to the types of people I had been missing all my years at UNICEF. I arrived to Barcelona with those mixed emotions because soon I'd be out of a job and would still have student loans to repay and bills coming in. But that sadness was quickly put behind me when I started to meet the participants and the speakers at the event. It was a revelation. Their attitude and perspective were closely aligned with mine. They believed that purpose with a business mindset was possible. They had all these strategies and ways of thinking of how could we overcome the apathy of bureaucracy to get meaningful work done? How could we break down the walls between doing good and doing well and create new types of impact? They were all thinking, how could we bring an entrepreneurial mindset to the workplace? Uh, man, I was in heaven. At the last minute, they actually changed my talk and they said, hey, instead of doing a talk, uh, we're gonna, we decided that we want you to do a panel session with some of the other entrepreneurs. So I ended up getting on stage with some really amazing people. And funny enough, one of those people on the stage that I would get to meet for the first time was my mentor, Gib Bullock. Uh, Gib was a guest interview on an earlier episode. It was an incredible conference where I really got to to meet people that I connected with and I saw, yes, there were other professionals out there who thought like me. For a moment, I wasn't so lonely, but a blink of an eye and it was over. I was back in the US without a job. So I decided, I guess, let's double down on this online course. I can leverage the people that I had met in Barcelona 
help have them help spread the word of the course, bring some of them as guest experts, and we could do it bigger, better, bolder. For this new version of the course, I teamed up with a nonprofit organization called Ashoka. They represent the world's largest network of social entrepreneurs. A team called Changemakers within Ashoka had taken a little bit part of the course, had heard about it, and they believed that they had an audience that would be interested in what we had to offer. So I teamed up with Ashoka. We re, you know, refurbished it a little bit. We renovated it, the content a little bit. We put it out there. We marketed it again. It was so hard to sell those seats. But because of Ashoka's network and its influence, we were able to get a few more people. And we had really amazing guest experts that everyone loved. One of the coolest things for me for that experience with Ashoka and those students were who came and signed up for the course. They came from some of the most unlikely places. In my mind, I thought the only people that would ever want to take this course were going to be people like me, those who worked in the nonprofit sector, who worked for the United Nations or other multilateral organizations, and were motivated to try to break down you know, the way that their nonprofit worked, the legacy systems, et cetera. But those who were signing up from the course came from all different backgrounds. There were corporate employees, there were entrepreneurs, consultants, government officials, business school students too. So there were people from all these different backgrounds, different sectors, and that really inspired me. They were united by a mindset that you know, good was no longer good enough. The world needed better, and we would demand that from our organizations, and we would find ways to change our organizations for the better. In some rather extreme way, I had found my professional tribe by creating this course and bringing everyone together. So that was super, super inspiring, but I still needed a bigger breakthrough. The course was a whole lot of fun. It was a whole lot of work, but it was not bringing in enough money to make it worth a full-time effort. By this point, I remember subsisting on a lot of ramen noodles, probably more days of the week than I'd like to admit. But finally, we got that breakthrough. In the second version of the course with Ashoka, there was a participant who directed innovation for a German company. They were looking to create a radical internal change of how they did business. They wanted to transform from a pharmaceutical company delivering drugs to a wellness company. So this was a huge shift they were trying to make and the corporate and this innovation director saw an opportunity with our online course to move in that direction while also benefiting the social impact sector at large. They made an offer to Ashoka and I that we just couldn't refuse. They would pay for all the seats and a new version of the course give us budget to create new content with full freedom on design and implementation. With the budget that they provide, I could collect just enough to get that paycheck and cover my bills. So I said, let's do this. We designed a new version of the course that would be for 80 students. 40 of those students would come from that corporate business. The other 40 would be social entrepreneurs and nonprofit innovators who worked in the healthcare field. Like I mentioned, the corporate would pay for all the seats 
but they would have no say in who the other 40 selections would be. That would be up to our discretion. Also, the content was up to our discretion and we created an eight-week course with various learning modules and guest experts. The people who we attracted to that course were just outstanding. They were corporate uh, employees who were super motivated to have more purpose and more you know, social impact in their day-to-day work. The 40 people that we brought in from, again, all different backgrounds with the same mindset that they wanted to do more, they wanted to do things better, and the idea of getting to partner up with a corporate was interesting to them. So we had social entrepreneurs, nonprofits, also people from other corporates in the similar field that all came together to learn together. It was a huge smashing success. The experience was incredible. The engagement of the participants was off the charts. The people who came to the guest expert sessions who had discussions in the online forums, the everyone was so motivated and it led to new connections and new kinds of partnerships of people working together. The corporate and the Ashoka team saw the value in the course and they renewed it for another version. And then they renewed it again and again and again. I got to teach each time getting to meet new members of my professional tribe while connecting others who were looking for the same all over the world. That's the story of how I found my professional tribe. What can you learn from it? Well, how did I get started? Well, it began with a nagging feeling that for me, what I was doing was not good enough. I wanted to do things differently. I identified a methodology, entrepreneurship, that resonated with me. I got kind of obsessed with it, reading everything I could find, and then launching a course on the topic, eventually traveling to Europe to meet others who were also working on the same thing. So if you have that feeling and you're getting motivated, you have to act on it. Next, I was not afraid to network. That Barcelona conference was the first one that I went to, but it was not the last. I went to other entrepreneurship conferences as well in London, where I would run a workshop and give a talk. The BMW Foundation, who was at the conference, invited me to another gathering of social entrepreneurs in Zurich. So back then, I would have to travel a whole bunch to go and you know meet these people. But eventually, the network started to grow here in the US as the idea spread. But in the beginning, I needed to put in that time and travel. So I went those miles to meet those like-minded people. I also stopped assuming who might be part of my tribe. Initially, I wanted to think that it would just be people and nonprofits like me. But as I ran the course, I realized that my tribe included people from all different sectors, all different backgrounds, entrepreneurs, government officials, private employees, and corporations. Once I let go of my assumption, I really started to build my professional tribe, meet my network, and make new types of partnerships that would make a huge difference. Well, what about that course now? Well, this April 2019, they're launching the ninth version of it. To date, hundreds of students have gone through it too. I'll be guest lecturing for this new version of the course that continues to expand and grow in popularity. Uh, This year, they have 250 students registered to take the course. To me, that means that this professional tribe is still growing, that there are people continuing to be brought together through the course. As well, since that lonely feeling that I had in 2012, new networks have also grown for social entrepreneurs. The League of Entrepreneurs, 
helped me kind of get momentum behind that initial course. And they're still operating today, running talks and workshops all across the world. The Circle of Young Entrepreneurs began more recently in 2015. They've put this topic on the radar of early stage career professionals and given them opportunities to meet up, uh, hear talks, and network with others who are like-minded. That Entrepreneurship Conference has changed its name to the Innovators Conference, but it's still going strong. And they hold the conference all around the world multiple times a year. Really, there are so many opportunities out there for you to find your co-conspirators in changing the world. So what are you waiting for? Go do it. But life still goes on. I can't get used to living without, living without, living without you by my side. I don't want to live alone. Hey, God knows. I'd like to thank all of the organizations and people that made my journey to finding my professional tribe possible. That includes Tech Change. They are still operating today, offering trainings online for things like AI or blockchain for development. I'd also like to thank the Ashoka Changemakers team that partnered with me on that course. They are online offering challenges, in-person boot camps, as well as the course itself. Bowringer Ingelheim was the company that saw what we were trying to do and invested in the course, buying up all those seats as part of their Making More Health program. The Entrepreneurship Conference, which is now the Innovators Conference, as well as the League of Entrepreneurs and the BMW Foundation that created the convenings where I was able to travel and meet like-minded folks and realize that there were others out there. Also thanks to the Social Q Group that helped to build the content market and made those early courses a success by hustling side by side with me. Lastly, thanks to all of the other social entrepreneurs out there who are part of my professional tribe. You continue to inspire me and I look forward to meeting more of you and collaborating on projects in the future. If you like this podcast and you want to show your gratitude, you can help us out by liking, subscribing, commenting on our iTunes or other podcast channel that we're disseminating on. You can also follow us on Twitter at Let's Break Good. Thanks again and see you next time.